Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here we go. Episode number two of Positively Track. Thank you, everyone, for giving us one more chance. I am Bruce Gibson here on the Positively Track podcast. And with us is Dan Gunther, because he's going to be here every time. Indeed I am. Hello, Bruce. Boy, um, second episode. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, it just second episode it's just a lot you know this is our anniversary of our second no, just <laughs> we are we officially doubling the number of episodes that we have done with this episode yes <laughs> that's a good point yes well i'm going to double that pleasure now because the topic of today's episode is about you dan yes it's all about you. Isn't that exciting? That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that, okay, you kind of know what the show is going to be about. So it's about time that you get to know us a little better. And I've known Dan for a while, but I'm sure I don't know everything about Dan's fandom when it comes to Star Trek. We're not going to get all personal about Dan's life unless he wants to go there. But <laughs> this is more about how did Dan discover Star Trek? How did he become a fan? What is it like about Star Trek and being a fan? So let's go down that route, Dan. Yes, this is your Star Trek life. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to ask you, what age were you when you first discovered Trek? Were you a young lad or were you older? Let's let's go back to that first moment that you can remember. I have to say it was very early on and I can't pinpoint an exact age because like some of these memories are very early. I do remember watching the original Star Trek series on CBC up here in Canada, that's Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, on Saturday mornings, and I think it was at 8 a.m., they had episodes of the original Star Trek series. And, you know, other kids were watching Saturday morning cartoons, and I, of course, would switch over to those, but after Star Trek was done. So 8 o'clock, I watched Star Trek till 9, and then watched cartoons after that. So what year's time frame was this? Because, yeah, so we have an idea of your age and and time frame that this is happening because it wasn't during the original run of the original series or TAS or anything. No, I'm, I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this would have been mid eighties. I was born in 1982. So this was probably like maybe late eighties, 87, 88, 89, maybe into the nineties there. I don't remember exactly what year, the other big memory I have, and I honestly don't know which came first, me watching TOS on Saturday mornings or this, and that was my mom bringing home from the video rental store, Star Trek The Motion Picture on VHS. Wow. And I have this very clear memory of her wanting to show it to me because this was something that she really liked as a kid and wanted to share with me. And so I was like, okay, what is this? And... 
I distinctly remember watching the film and the very early scene, like the first shot in the movie, basically where you see the Klingon ships slowly approaching the camera and then the camera's uh, focused on the bridge of the ship and it rotates around as the Klingon ship passes underneath and it pans up and you see the big V'ger cloud. And I really clearly remember watching the screen just like, wow, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. It just reminded me of when I first saw it, which is in the theater, which we'll talk about that some other time. But I remember my dad leaning over towards me during that scene and whispering those are Klingons and I had forgotten about that until you just were talking about that memory so that's so cool oh that's cool yeah it just it's an image that stuck with me and I you know I mean human memory is faulty maybe it's not happened exactly like I remembered but I just the the feelings that that produced was just a sense of this looks really cool. What is this? I need to know everything about this universe now. (laughs) (laughs) So now you had mentioned this is like mid to late eighties that you were watching Mm. the original series and your mom brought uh, the motion picture home. Had you start watching the next generation? The funny thing is uh, I remember watching the original series and kind of not really being aware of much Star Trek outside of that. Uh, I do remember seeing Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, in the theater. And it was like, wow, there's a Star Trek movie going to be in the theater? And my parents took me and I absolutely loved it. And I think it was right around that time that my mom or my dad said something like, you know, there's a Star Trek series on television right now and they're making new episodes. You know, what are you talking about? What is this? And... I distinctly remember starting to watch The Next Generation very early in season five. I think I might have actually have seen the first episode of season five, probably not really aware that it was part two of, you know, Redemption part Mm -hmm. one and two. But I remember certain scenes from that episode being very much out of context because I didn't know these characters very well or anything like that, but still, you know, thinking it was really cool and you know, there's this Android data. Uh, how cool is that? There's a Klingon. That's awesome. Yeah. So were you now, I mean, you're, you're approaching your teen years around this time too. So, I mean, were you playing Star Trek? Did you have Star Trek toys or anything like that? It's really, really funny. You bring that up because uh, right now I'm working as a substitute teacher And the last couple days I've been subbing at my old elementary school where I went to school for grades one through six and the playground has completely changed now. But as I was outside doing supervision at recess, I just was flashing back to memories of the playground where they had this, some weird shape that was made up of old tires bolted together or whatever But if you sat on the top of this, it felt like a captain's chair. And I totally remember sitting out there as the captain and like my friends, like operating computer panels on the sides of the, this thing. And we were on the bridge of the enterprise playing star Trek, uh, probably like grade 
four or five, something like that. So now what time would you say at that point you would consider yourself a Trekkie or a Trekker or did you get more interested in Star Trek later or was it just always like in your blood at this point? I, it was pretty much in my blood at that point. I mean, I was, I was doing things like, uh, tracing aliens out of Shane Johnson's, uh, worlds of the Federation book. Yeah. And I had Mr. Scott's guide to the enterprise when Star Trek, the encyclopedia came out. I of course grabbed that up and my parents were very nurturing of this for the most part. I think my dad got a little sick of Star Trek along the way, <laughs> but, uh, you know, my mom was a fan of course, as a kid. So she was really happy that I was enjoying something that she enjoyed as a kid as well. That's so cool. Okay. So I'm picturing now we're in the early to mid nineties. Yes. I remember I was talking about Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. The one thing I remember from that was coming out of the theater so excited about the movie. I really enjoyed it, but I couldn't say Excelsior. My favorite ship was the Exalizer, I think I kept saying. <laughs> I couldn't quite remember how to say it. I think I could say it if somebody reminded me the name of the ship right before but I remember just never being able to remember that name quite right. Did you see the other movie? I know you saw the motion picture, but what about the other movies? Did you see those before you saw Star Trek Six or after? I think after I saw Star Trek Six, I, I do remember occasionally renting a few of them from that, that video store. Uh, I remember I steered clear of Star Trek Two for the longest time hmm. because the box cover art looked really boring <laughs> whatever copy they had had a bunch of stills from the movie and it was just people sitting around and then there was this weird looking guy with a bloody face which i later learned was con and from near the end of the movie and i was like oh this doesn't look i don't i don't want to watch this this doesn't look good so i think i saw star trek three and four and five on vhs and I remembered loving them all. And then eventually I got a, I think it was for the 25th anniversary. Maybe it was a five, five VHS set mm -hmm. Star Trek's one through five. Yeah. I don't think six was in there. It could have been. I just about wore those tapes out watching them. And I of course ended up loving the wrath of Khan like everyone else. Yeah. I think I know the box set you're talking about. I think it was the first five and wasn't it that on the sides put together. So the enterprise, like the art used for Star Trek. Yeah. Five? Yeah. I don't think six was part of that. I don't think it was. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, if I dug through boxes at my parents' place, I might be able to find that. I have a CD from that time where it's uh, certain tracks picked from the motion picture through Star Trek five only just those first five oh, movies. And I think it came out around that same time as, as that box set of VHSs that you're talking about. Okay. So then deep space nine is coming on the air and Voyager, all those things. Tell us where you were at that point. Okay. Well, like I said, I had uh, started watching the next generation in season five Interestingly, if you remember the episode Conundrum, where the Enterprise crew loses their memory, they get attacked and all that stuff, that episode totally got me because that was one of the first few episodes I ever saw. I had no idea that that guy wasn't supposed to be on the bridge. You know, oh, the big yeah. twist at the end. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, they totally got me. I did <laughs> not know he was not actually the first officer. <laughs> but um, yeah. Deep Space Nine, I remember being so excited. And, and this was back at the time that my dad was still really excited about Star Trek 2. 
And he, I remember him coming home and telling me, Dan, they're making a new Star Trek series and it's going to be on a space station. And I was, I remember thinking this sounds like the coolest thing ever. And my dad told me, I think it's called deep space six or something like that. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. And, you know, recording episodes of the next generation on VHS tape, I'd be looking for, you know, ads for deep space nine and all this stuff. And, and just the fact that it was a new series and I was going to be able to start it from the beginning, I thought was really cool. Cause I actually had a friend in elementary school at the time who told me one day that he had seen every episode of star Trek, the next generation. And I remember thinking how crazy that was. Like nobody, nobody has seen every episode. That's impossible, right? That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've seen them all, I, you know, dozens of times each probably. What else were you into at that point in your life? Oh man. Well, you know, I always like to say that Ghostbusters was my Star Trek before Star Trek Uh was my Star Trek. I do remember absolutely loving uh, the Ghostbusters films and the real Ghostbusters Saturday morning cartoon. Yep. And I had a bunch of toys of that and stuff as well. I'd say Back to the Future was something also that I just really loved. Yeah. Like anything that was kind of on the cutting edge of weird or sci-fi at that time was was kind of what I liked. So what kind of kid were you? If you had to describe to me the kind of kid you were, what would that be? I was generally a pretty quiet kid. I tended to keep to myself mostly. Uh, I, I honestly, thinking back on it, I can't even remember like how or why I organized playing Star Trek with me as the captain. Like that almost seems out of character for the kind of kid I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was an only child and and just generally, you know, not, I wouldn't say a loner, but you know, I was, I was able to keep myself company a lot, you know, like I, I, I had a vivid imagination and sit in my room playing imaginary stuff for long periods of time. Like I, yeah, I was pretty quiet, pretty nerdy, probably before nerdy was cool. Like I was, I was a nerdy kid in the eighties and nineties, which is not the most popular position to be in. Did you have a bunch of Star Trek friends at that point? I did on and off. I remember in elementary school, I had a few friends and we actually, (laughs) I, we actually started a Star Trek fan club at the elementary school that I went to because yeah, my grade four teacher, Mrs. Gregory was a huge Trekkie. So after school, we would all go to her classroom on, I think it was Fridays. And of course I had so many episodes of Star Trek taped on VHS by that time. Deep Space Nine, TNG, original series. We would uh, watch them in her class. And I think I did that through like grades four, five, and six in that same teacher's classroom with a pretty stable group of friends. I think I started this Star Trek fan club and like, you know, 10 or 15 kids signed up. And then by the end, there was maybe four or five of us that <laughs> were just kind of the core group that kept doing that. I guess the others were in red shirts and were killed off. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> So, okay, so now that you're good, you're older now and we're, let's get to those like teenage years or the later teenage years and you're going to go off to college or whatever. Where are you now at this point with Star Trek? Yeah, I actually in high school, uh, I had another really good Star Trek friend. And if you looked at our notes, there'd be doodles of 
big ship battles and all sorts of stuff all over our papers. This was kind of, you know, Deep Space Nine was in the height of the Dominion War at this time. So we'd have pages with big, huge fleets and that kind of thing. So he was my friend through all of that in high school. University, I kind of didn't find a whole lot more other people like that, like I had when I was younger. That's so interesting. That's the opposite for me. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And, and like, it feels odd that I didn't find a, a wider Star Trek group in university, but I kind of ended up sticking mostly with my friends uh, who I knew uh, when I went to university in a different city. We kind of all went together and I kind of stuck with them and they weren't really into Star Trek, the mm-hmm. ones that moved there. So, you know, it was something I... I There was one friend of mine from high school who I'm actually still really good friends with now. And we became really good friends in college. And I'd say he's my biggest Star Trek friend at the time and has, you know, continued on to be a big Star Trek friend. So shout out to Chris if you're listening. (laughs) Awesome. Chris, I hope you're listening. You better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You also had a friend in high school that you're now going to marry. Yes, that's true. Kind of a long roundabout way. But yeah, my fiance, Nikki, were planning on getting married in July of this year. And we knew each other in high school. We were kind of acquaintances, didn't really know each other all that well. Got to know each other a lot better in college as really good friends with a big group of friends and that kind of thing. And now it's 20 years later and (laughs) I kind of came back to my hometown and we reconnected and ended up dating and now we're getting married. So it's just kind of funny, you know, not somewhere we saw ourselves back then, but somewhere we uh, definitely feel we fit in each other's lives now. So that's kind of cool. Yep. The timing was right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, and she's like a casual Star Trek fan. I mean, she likes it, but she's not into it like you are. No, I'd say, yeah, she enjoys Star Trek. She's watching Discovery and Picard. And over the course of the last few years, we've watched all of the Star Trek series together. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's definitely a Star Wars fan. Like as big as I am into Star Trek, she's almost as big into star wars as that so it's uh it's a mixed marriage we're not sure what we're what religion we're going to raise any potential kids (laughs) with but uh they'll be free to choose (laughs) oh yeah oh hey kid come over here star trek no come over here watch star wars (laughs) (laughs) do you believe in the prime directive Or the philosophy of the Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) So were you watching as Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, were you watching those episodes as they were coming out? Yes. Yeah, those were definitely ones that were appointment television. Back in the day when you had to have appointment television, you had to be in front of the TV at a particular time. And if you were me with the remote control ready to hit record on the VCR. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, those were definitely big things for me being there from the beginning. I remember when Voyager was coming out, for example, that was, I guess I was in junior high, high school when that was starting to come out. And I remember uh, being on the ski team when I was, I was a ski racer and we were in some town on the way to a race somewhere. And there was a magazine that had the picture of the USS Voyager on the front. And it was the first time I'd ever seen Voyager. And I was so excited and I grabbed it and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is going to be the new Star Trek ship. And I showed (laughs) it to like one of the other guys on the team. And he looked at it, looked at me and says, 
it looks exactly the same as the other one. I was like, you don't know anything. I was so mad. Went and bought the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I was with the wrong people at, to share that moment with. That's for sure. So we, you know, of course we host literary treks together. So you're mm-hmm. a big reader of Star Trek. Were you reading? You were reading books at this time too. I was. Yeah. It wasn't something that I was making sure to catch every novel as it came out. But I know like my aunt and uncle, for example, they kind of knew that an easy Christmas or birthday gift for me was to find a Star Trek novel and wrap it up and and send it my way. So I I feel like Q squared might've been the first Star Trek novel I read. And that was given to be to me by my aunt and uncle And that really kind of opened things up like, oh, there are other adventures than just, you know, waiting a week or, you know, over the summer till the show came back on that kind of thing. I can, you know, fulfill that desire in between with novels and stuff. So, yeah, I started reading a few of those. I wasn't rushing to the bookstore to pick up the latest novel, but every once in a while, if one caught my eye, I'd pick it up and give it a read. And were you reading comics at this time, too, or did that come later? Yeah, I never read much of the Star Trek comics. There were a few DC comics I remember at the time that I would pick up, but it wasn't really on my radar. It was kind of if I happened to be in a grocery store and they had the little stand-up comic rack that you wheel around, and I was like, oh, there's a Star Trek thing, and I grab it. So more often than not, I'd have, of course, part two of three or, or part, you know, one of six or something and i'd never get the other parts so i have a bunch of disjointed comics kind of along the line that i'm like i don't know how this story ever ended well then you started read more and more when did that come about yeah i'd say actually that was kind of after university one thing that i remember actually when i was moving to korea to teach uh for a couple years teach english overseas one of the first things i bought was an e-reader because i loved reading i was a voracious reader not necessarily of star trek books just books in general but there's no way that i could you know amass a library in korea or bring a library from home overseas kind of thing so i was like okay i'm gonna get this e-reader i'm going to read that way it ended up being so easy to buy the new star trek novels and just download them immediately to this e-reader and read them that i started doing that i started what's treklet.com now uh, at the time was treklet.blogspot.com <laughs> where oh, yeah. i was reviewing star trek novels mostly because uh, i was just reading so many of them And what would happen was I'd kind of forget what happened in this one that I know that I read a couple years ago. So the website was basically a way for me to kind of be able to go back and remember and and look at my thoughts and that kind of thing. And it was originally going to be a private thing. And then I thought, "Ah, I'm going to make a blog. You know, that's what all the cool people are doing. Right. So I ended up making that and keeping track of all the books that I was reading And uh, turns out a few other people liked reading that too. So that was kind of fun to be able to share that experience with a bunch of other people out there on the internet. That's so cool. And it's still going today. You're still doing that. It is. Yeah. I've been uh, keeping up on it this year. I haven't done any reviews yet uh, since December of last year. So it's, it's a little stagnant at the moment just because I've been so busy with other stuff. But yeah, the website's still going strong. And that was started in... 2011 so i guess next year will be 10 years that i've been running Ah, that website yeah 
And you started to do reviews also for, uh, what was it, TrekCore, wasn't it? Yeah, there was uh, someone at TrekCore found my site and asked if I wanted to do uh, reviews for TrekCore as well. And basically, uh, I'd write them and they'd host them over there as well as I would have them on my site. So yeah, I did that for a couple years there. So what was your fandom like now? I mean, you're out of university, you're an adult, you're reading more, you've watched all the Star Trek episodes, and we're going into the Kelvin timeline movies are coming out. Did you like those movies? And also, where were you in fandom? Like, did you have you attended conventions? Like, Hmm. what else were you doing? It's actually funny. I didn't attend conventions for the longest time until fairly shortly before I moved to Korea. I kind of went to my first couple conventions and discovered that I absolutely loved them. Because that was kind of always how I defined my fandom before was people would ask me like, how big a Star Trek fan are you? And I'd say something like, oh, I love the shows. I watch all the shows and stuff, but I don't go to conventions. Like I'm not crazy, (laughs) but no, it turns out conventions are awesome and just have a bunch of really cool people at them. So, so yeah, I fell in love with that. I went to, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas a couple times. And in fact, I actually, while I was living in Korea, flew back to North America to Las Vegas for the 2011 uh, Star Trek convention. Wow. Yeah. And then very quickly also flew back up to Alberta to visit my family because I didn't think they'd appreciate it. You're like, oh, yeah, then I got to do that other thing, but whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No. (laughs) But yeah, no, I love Star Trek conventions. My first convention was actually the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. I can't remember what year it was exactly, but the two big guests were Brent Spiner and Le- and Leonard Nimoy. And that was just such an amazing time. I got photos with both of them and it was so cool. So yeah, I've been a huge fan of conventions ever since. And what'd you think of the Kelvin Timeline movies? So the Kelvin Timeline movies, I I enjoy them. I think Star Trek Into Darkness is probably my least favorite, but I did enjoy Star Trek 09. The way I always explain it is they have a lot of the things that I like about Star Trek, but just not the things that I love about Star Trek. Ooh, that's a good way to say that. Yeah. So, you know, they have the adventure, they have the camaraderie, they have like that part, the more philosophical side of Star Trek, the that I've really come to like maybe a little lacking in those a little bit, but that's not to say they're not hugely entertaining. I also credit them with bringing a lot of new fans into the show. One of my best friends, Bobby, the first Star Trek that she watched was Star Trek. Oh nine. She had never watched any Star Trek before then. And she absolutely fell in love with Star Trek turned to me because she knows I'm a huge Star Trek fan and said, I want to watch Star Trek. And I was like, okay, what, what parts of Star Trek? She looked at me and said, I want to watch Star Trek. (laughs) All right. So let me plan this out. Uh, Do we want to go chronological? Do we want to, she's like, I want to start with the 1960s series and I want to watch all of Star Trek. So I was like, All right. Oh, wow. So over the course of a few years, we watched all of Star Trek. (laughs) Dang. And that's a lot. That's a lot. At that point, for sure. Yeah. 
So what of the previous movies are the ones that resonate with you more than others? Special place in your heart for certain movies or even certain series? That's a tough one because I, you know, the word favorite always pops in my head and I'm like, I don't really, I can't really pick favorites. It's, it's a hard question. I'd say Deep Space Nine is kind of, will have a really special place in my heart. I really love that. And I have movies that I prefer over the other movies as well. But to me, it's kind of all of Star Trek, right? There may be aspects of the original series that are very dated now and concepts and ideas that they had that maybe don't translate as well to now, but then you don't have TNG or Deep Space Nine or Voyager or any of the others without the original series. So it's it's really hard for me to differentiate. If I'm going to watch a random episode, I'd say I tend towards Deep Space Nine more than the rest. There are some really great episodes of all of them that I will continue to go to over and over again. And even Spock's brain, if I want to have a really big laugh. And yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Now we do literary treks together. I'm sure you had no intentions of doing a podcast. You were probably listening to podcasts, but you didn't start up literary treks because there were two hosts already doing that. So how did you get involved in that? Right. So that was Matt Rushing. Matt Rushing approached me. And again, this was all because of that decision of me to make that Star Trek book reviews of mine into a blog. He had followed my blog for a few years. He'd commented a few times and I had become a listener of Literary Treks because it's a podcast about Star Trek books. How cool is that, right? Matt basically approached me saying that Chris was planning on leaving the show and he was wondering if I would like to join as a permanent host. I had guested on there a few times with them and with one or the other at various times, but you know, to be asked to come on as a permanent host, I think like that was huge. I felt really uh, excited about that. And I mean, we've been doing it ever since and, and, kind of similar thing happened to you later. So it's been an amazing time and, and it's opened up worlds for me that I never would have thought possible with this fandom. You know, the, the website was cool to see that there's so many other people out there that are huge fans of Star Trek and like the books like me, but getting in with, you know, Trek FM and the, the wider fandom that that's opened up, I think is just the coolest thing and to be able to talk with people about Star Trek novels, that's that's one of the big things that I know you've said this before, too, is, you know, reading these in your room when you're younger, it feels like sometimes you're the only person in the world reading this novel and no one else has read it. And that's very literally true for some people out there. You are the only person in your world reading that book. But with the internet and podcasting and Twitter and all these things, it really opens up that world and you can share that love of Star Trek and Star Trek books and other aspects of the fandom with so many other people. And I think that's such a cool thing. So where is your fandom now? How would you describe fandom for you? That's a really great question. I think for me, it's still at that point where it's such a joy to share it with so many people. And even in my own life and in my circle of friends, I feel like that's expanded a bit more now. So 
you know, every time there's a new episode of Star Trek Discovery or Star Trek Picard, I have a bunch of friends come over to my house and we watch it usually on Friday or Saturday night. And, you know, with Picard, I'm doing the live show with you on Fridays and there's, you know, 30 some people in the chat all talking about this thing. And on Twitter, there's this really positive group of people who talk about Star Trek and what they loved and what they don't love and all this kind of stuff. I think my Star Trek fandom in 2020 is all about this wider community and this wider group of people, which seems to be ever expanding, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is just, you know, I, I don't like to use the word blessing, but it's just such a cool thing to have so many people that are into the same thing you are and that you can talk about it with. And, you know, there's, there's negativity out there and that gets, you know, annoying and frustrating, but I prefer to focus on the people who share this love of this thing that I have loved for so many years. And the fact that there's so much more of it getting made right now, you know, if you'd talk to me in 2007, 2008, even 2009, when the Kelvin timeline movies were coming out it didn't feel like we'd get to this point where there were all these new series coming out and all of this movement of pushing star trek further and into the future with new products like this so yeah i'm really digging it right now that's awesome and i think that kind of reflects on why we're doing this podcast is bringing everything you just said to a podcast like this not that there's not other podcasts out there like this, but we just want our voices. We want the chance to be involved and be part of that community. Yeah. So I asked you a question earlier about what you were like as a child, but describe to me who Dan Gunther is today. So I guess one of the ways I described myself was introverted and pretty quiet. My first instinct is to kind of say I'm not much different than that now, but then I kind of reflect on the fact that I'm doing two different podcasts. I do a live stream with you about Picard every week. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about Star Trek, uh, all kinds of different topics, and I guess I can't really say I'm that introverted anymore. Sounds like you're in the captain's chair at the playground again. It does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? I, I, Yeah. Now that I have time to reflect on it, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, if, if you'd have told me when I was in elementary school that I'd be running a blog that would be read by a whole bunch of people and doing a YouTube channel, first I'd say, what the heck language are you speaking? I don't understand those words. But <laughs> I really would not believe that that I'd be doing this. And I also wouldn't believe that there would be so many Star Trek fans out there to share that love with because yeah, as that kid, like I said, reading a Star Trek novel in his room late at night or something like that, I really did feel like I was very alone, even though I had a few friends here and there who liked Star Trek with me over the years, it still felt like a very niche thing, a very small thing, which is crazy because you know, it was a series of successful TV shows. I mean, my local radio station was reporting on what that week's season finale of Star Trek The Next Generation was going to be about. There were fans out there, but it really didn't feel like it was something that I shared with a lot of people. And now, like, I just, I share this fandom with literally more people than I've ever met, which is really weird. Like, the reach that 
I get when I tweet something is just crazy to me that so many people share that love of Star Trek and are willing to pay attention to some random thought about it that flits through my head. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you've talked a lot about your fandom, and I'm just curious then, what impact does Star Trek have on who you are? Has it helped to define you or in certain ways, has it helped you get through some troubled times? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that Star Trek has helped me a lot when, for example, I felt down or something like that to kind of be able to see an optimistic future with this world being better in the future than it is now, I think is something that's very important. I love the optimism of Star Trek. And I also love the lessons that it has taught me over the years. Like I've learned a lot from my parents, of course, and I owe most of what I am to them. But Star Trek also taught me a lot. Star Trek taught me what it's like to work in an environment with colleagues who like and respect you, what it means to make a decision for the needs of the many as opposed to the needs of the few, for example, to coin a phrase. You know, all these little things that, you know, maybe aren't the first thing you think of when you think of Star Trek, but they're all the little lessons that have seeped through over the years that I've really taken to heart and helped define who I am and what I believe as a person. Well, that's great. I mean, I've known you for, what, it's been four years that we've been podcasting together, something like that. Four to five. I think it's going on five soon. That's crazy. It doesn't feel like it. I know. <laughs> But I even learned a little more. I mean, we've kind of talked about this before, but I've learned a little more about your fandom and your life experiences through Star Trek. And it's really cool. So I hope people enjoyed listening to that because I know I did. Got to know you a little better. Well, thank you. And, and I hope people enjoyed that as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from our listeners, maybe their stories of how they became fans. Yeah, that would be really good. Maybe we'll have some of them on sometime to talk about that. So... Now, if anybody wants to connect with you, where can they find you? Well, best place right now is probably Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also check out my YouTube channel, Kurtrats Productions on YouTube. That's where uh, Bruce and I do that aforementioned live stream on Fridays for new episodes of Star Trek Picard. And I also have other videos where I talk about all kinds of things Star Trek, mostly Picard right now because that's what's going on. And uh, facebook.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And of course, as mentioned earlier, Literary Treks, Star Trek books and comics podcast that uh, Bruce and I do together. That's right. You can find me there too. And I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I also do occasional shows on the Star Wars Report podcast. And yeah, I'm everywhere Dan is for well, what he just said for Star Trek stuff. And of course, we're here on Positively Trek. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And, uh, you know, let's do this again. But now you're going to ask me questions about me. That should be interesting. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.